Greetings. You're listening to Christian Life Issues for today. This is Wayne Mack, the host of the program. This program is sponsored by Linwood Baptist Church and also by Strengthening Ministries Training Institute. On this podcast, we've been dealing with some very important issues in the Christian life. We began by talking about a biblical perspective on anger and stress, and then moved on to do a rather thorough biblical discussion on the very common problem of depression, problem that is often called the common cold of mental ailments. And then having uh, concluded that discussion of depression, we've moved on to discuss a very important aspect of the Christian life, namely the matter of prayer. First John chapter 5, verse 14 says that if we ask anything according to the will of God, he hears us. And so if we're going to be effective in our praying, we have to pray in accordance with the will of God. And one very important way of doing that is to listen to the teaching of Jesus on the subject of prayer. Jesus, who was God manifest in the flesh, gave an extended uh, teaching on prayer in Matthew, the sixth chapter, beginning at verse 5 and going all the way through verse 13. And we spent quite a bit of time looking at the principles of effective prayer as taught by the master teacher, the one who's an expert in the area of prayer, even the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And now I want to continue that particular subject. I want to approach it a little bit different way. First of all, I want to share with you something about one of the most uh, noted uh, uh, Christians in church history, who was also someone who was very effective in prayer as well as in his ministry. He wrote a book uh, some time ago, uh, well, many years ago now, uh, which was entitled 2,000 Answers to Prayer. In that book, George Mueller documented uh, just, uh, as I said, 2,000 specific answers to prayer that he had uh, had the privilege of being the recipient of those answers in his prayer life. And so I want us to uh, just do a little bit of a study of the life of George Mueller and glean some things from him and his life as well as his teaching about the matter of prayer. Many of you may know of George Mueller, that he was someone who was instrumental in establishing orphanages in which they uh, took care of hundreds of children. And uh, during that time, his whole ministry, both in terms of preaching and teaching, but especially in the matter of providing for these orphans, was a ministry that was provided for by prayer, and George Mueller devoted himself to prayer. So we want to just consider 
some of the facts about George Mueller and his prayer life. George Mueller's life stands as a testimony to the power of the faithfulness of our Almighty God. There's someone who doubts that God still answers prayer should consider the example of George Mueller. Let them learn from George Mueller. Does anyone doubt whether God is accomplishing beyond what you may ask or think? Well, then they should learn from George Mueller because George Mueller believed in asking God according to the will of God and then receiving, as I said, the book is entitled, I think, 2,000 Answers to Prayer. George Mueller is a man who desired to live his life so that men and women might see that God is faithful and still hears and answers prayer. By God's grace, that's exactly the kind of life that George Mueller lived. George Mueller was born in Prussia in September of 1805. There certainly wasn't anything special about his youth, which would make one think that he was going to grow up to be an outstanding man of God. In fact, by looking at his childhood, one would think just the opposite, that he was rather average. He wasn't born into a godly family. His father educated his children on worldly principles. And for the first 20 years of his life, George lived an extremely sinful lifestyle. He was a thief, and by the age of 10, he was persistently stealing the money from his father and other members of the family. He was sent to prison at just 16 for deception and for theft. At that point, he had stolen 16. At 16, he had stolen and was uh, arrested for deception and theft. He stole from his family, from his friends, and even took money from his pastor. George was not only a thief, he was also a hypocrite. He was son of a man who sent him to school to train to be a pastor And his motive for doing that was because he thought that pastors were paid well. Well, at school, George studied hard but continued in his sin. He participated in a form of religion, but he had no heart for Christ. Three or four days before he was confirmed and accepted into the church, so he could partake of the Lord's Supper, Mueller says he was guilty of gross immorality. And the very day before his confirmation, acceptance into the church, when I was in the vestry of the church, meeting with the clergyman to confess his sins, and after that particular 
encounter with the pastor. Uh, he um, defrauded the pastor. He lied to the pastor. And uh, after a very formal manner of confession, actually defrauded the pastor. He would often resolve to live a better life, but that better life never became a reality with him. He would uh, then um, just uh, go through the motions of religion, but he didn't care about the Bible. He didn't care about the Word of God. And he writes of what was going on at that place in his life in terms of religion or Christianity. He said, I had no Bible and I had not read it for many years. He went to church seldom, but on rare occasions he took the Lord's Supper. He had never heard of the gospel preached at that particular point. He didn't know about Christ coming into the world to die for sinners and knowing about repentance and faith in Christ and living a Christian life. He said, I had never met with a person who told me that he meant that he was devoted to God and was going to live according to the scriptures. In short... Mueller says, I had not the least idea there were any persons who were really any different from me, which means that to that point he's saying he had not met real Christians. By simply looking at George's youth, many would have said that he was a hopeless case, but not so with God. Around the age of 21, George's life was radically changed. One of his friends took him to a small Bible study that was in the home of a true Christian. And there he heard the word preached for the first time and was never the same after that. As he walked home after the Bible study, he remarked to his friend, all we have been on our journey to Switzerland and all of our former pleasures are nothing in comparison with what I learned this evening. He began to study the scriptures and to pray. And slowly but surely, he worked at putting off his old sinful practices and putting on righteousness. He developed a great passion for witnessing, and had a craving for fellowship with other Christians. During this time, God gave George Mueller a great desire to be a missionary. Eventually, he was sent to London as a missionary to the Jews. He was then, after a few years, became pastor of a small church. He was wholeheartedly devoted to the authority of Scripture, and his preaching in life 
was a testimony of his commitment to Scripture. He lived in complete obedience to the Bible and trusted God for his daily needs. Not too long after his move to England, God led George Mueller to establish the Scripture Knowledge Society for the purpose of teaching unsaved non-Christian people about God. God used the society to pass out 2 million Bibles and 111 million tracts. And he used that society of which George was the head to instruct 12,683 students and to aid 115 missionaries at a total cost of $1 million. George is most remembered, though, for the orphanages that he established. He founded these orphanages for the express purpose of encouraging believers to trust and obey God no matter what the cost. He wrote, My spirit engaged to be instrumental in strengthening the faith of other people by giving them not only instances from the word of God, of God's willingness and ability to help all those who rely on him, but to show them by my life and by my ministry that God is the same today as he was described in the Bible. Therefore, he refused to ever ask for money or to let anyone besides God know of his financial needs. Over the course of his life, God provided almost $5 million for the orphanages that George Mueller established, and they housed over 10,000 orphans. We can learn a lot from George Mueller. He was a man of the word of God. He dared to be obedient in all that he did. But perhaps we can learn most from Mueller in the area of prayer. Mueller was a man whose life was saturated with prayer. And what I want to do at this point is to draw seven principles about prayer that we can learn from George Mueller. One of the distinguishing marks of George Mueller's life was his absolute reliance upon God for all things. By the grace of God, Mueller said, I desire that my faith in God should extend towards everything, the smallest of my own temporal and spiritual concerns and the smallest of the temporal or material and spiritual concerns of my family and towards the saints among whom I labor, the church at large. He took all his concerns to God in prayer. Mueller desired to never resolve a problem by leaning upon man or upon human methods. But instead, he leaned wholly upon God. And thus he made it a rule never to reveal the financial state of the orphanage to anyone or to ask for funds. 
from people. But we don't have to imitate Mueller in all the specifics of how he did things. We certainly should be challenged by his willingness to depend upon God alone in all things. George began his work with the orphans by depending on God for guidance and strength. His journals make it clear that he continually cried out to God to provide the means by which he would open the orphanage, pay the staff to run it, and get the money to support it. Mueller wrote, So far as I remember, I brought even the most small circumstance concerning the orphanage before the Lord in my prayers, being conscious of my own weakness and ignorance. He ran the orphanage with an attitude of absolute dependence upon God. Story after story illustrates his humble attitude. For example, in November of 1838, he didn't even have a single half penny to pay for food for any one of the three orphanage houses that he had established. So what did George do? He didn't get anxious or worried, but rather took the matter to his father in prayer. He didn't know how God was going to supply, but he began to walk home after praying with his orphanage staff. But since he felt the need for exercise, he took the long route home. Only 20 yards from his house, he met a friend who gave him 20 pounds to meet the orphanage's current needs. Had George been one half minute later, he would have missed that person. George always depended upon God, and God always provided. This attitude gave George great hope and confidence. He wrote, quote, They that trust in the Lord shall never be confounded. Actually, that's a Bible verse. They that trust in the Lord shall never be confounded. Some who helped for a while, he said, may fall asleep in Jesus. Others may grow cold in the service of the Lord and not be generous in their giving. Others may be as desirous as ever to help, but no longer have the means to help. Will we lean upon man, we would surely be confounded. But in leaning upon the living God alone, we are beyond disappointment and beyond being forsaken because of death, a want of means, a want of love, or because of the claims of other work. How precious, Mueller said, to have learned in any measure to stand with God alone in the world and yet to be happy and know that surely no good thing shall God withhold from us while we walk uprightly. George often demonstrated his absolute trust in God. There was a time when a rich man 
and some of that rich man's female friends were visiting the orphanage. The man was amazed at the care the orphans were receiving, and they looked at George and asked him if he had a large bank account, which enabled him to provide for all these orphans. George simply answered, Our funds are deposited in a bank which cannot break. This was quite a statement, as at that particular time, George did not have a penny to provide for the children. George longed for all believers to depend upon God entirely. He did not want anyone to think that his situation was unique. But instead, he constantly exhorted Christians to take all their concerns to God in prayer. He often told Christians to make everything a subject of prayer and to expect answers to those requests when they were made according to the will of God and in the name of Jesus. We live in a day and age where it's easy to forget our dependence upon God. We have credit cards, we have bank accounts, but we must never substitute dependence upon human things for dependence upon God is what George Mueller would teach. We need to train ourselves to have an attitude of dependence on God. Mueller brought everything before God in prayer. Too often, due to laziness or lack of faith, many Christians pray only in generalities. They don't want to expect too much from God. Mueller's prayer life stands in stark contrast to that kind of attitude. He prayed to God about financial matters. There were many times when Mueller didn't have a penny in hand and 2,000 children that needed to be fed. So he would cry out to God. It's important to note that God took George through many difficult times. We must not get the idea that life was always easy for this man of God. To get the idea that life was always easy for this man of God would have been untrue. There were times when he cried to God and God immediately answered. And there were other times where he cried out to God in prayer and God took a long time to answer. Yet Mueller continued to pray. On one occasion, George wanted to buy a certain piece of land on which to build an orphanage house. Fortunately, the owner wanted to sell at a much greater cost than George could afford. Unfortunately, that was true. So George went to prayer. He prayed several times a day about this specific issue. After several weeks of prayer, the owner consented to sell the land at the cost George had been praying for. George cried out to God for physical needs. 
When he lost a key, he would pray to God for help to find it. And when someone didn't show up for an appointment, George prayed that he would come quickly. He didn't view anything as too small to pray for. There's a simple story which illustrates George's attitude toward prayer requests. One of his favorite young friends once came to him and told him that she wished God would answer her prayers like he did George's. He repeated to her God's promise to listen to his children, and so she sat in his presence, and he asked her what she wanted to pray for. He prayed with her that God would send her home with some wool. She ran outside to play and then realized that she hadn't asked God what kind of wool she wanted. She ran back inside and said to Mueller, I want to pray again. Not now, dear, I'm busy. But I forgot to tell God what color I wanted. George picked this little girl up and said, that's right, be definite, my child. Now tell God what you want. That was Mueller's practice in prayer. He was definite. He told God what he wanted and needed. Now there are those who try to separate powerful praying praying and consistent study of the scriptures. They may say, I'm devoted to prayer, but I have a difficult time studying God's word. Or perhaps they'd say, I love scripture, but I'm just not into it. Or it really isn't important. And so they didn't want to join the two, studying scripture and prayer. And Mueller said, if we want people to pray, then we must be people of the word. And if we want to be truly the people of the word, we must be people of prayer. Mueller's prayer helped him to study the word, and his study of the word helped him to pray. Now, as you read the life of George Mueller, it's impossible to miss a very simple point. George Mueller made prayer a top priority. For Mueller, prayer was not an option. It wasn't anything to be put on the spiritual back burner. It was his lifeblood. It's very humbling to read of Mueller's devotion to prayer. His life was saturated with prayer. He prayed privately. He began every day with a time of scripture reading and prayer. Sometimes these prayer times would last for hours. He would often go for walks with his New Testament and end up crying out to God in prayer while he walked. He had a daily time of prayer with his wife. He also scheduled prayer time with the people who provided the staff for the orphanages. He also scheduled a prayer time 
with other people who worked with him continually. When asked if he spent much time on his knees on prayer, Mueller replied, more or less every day, but I live in the spirit of prayer. I pray as I walk about, when I lie down, when I rise up. Mueller didn't just teach this principle, he lived it. In spite of his preaching schedule and providing care for thousands of orphans and managing a large staff of people and taking care of countless details, Mueller always made time for prayer. He explained, here's the secret of success. Work with all your might, but trust not the least in your work. Pray and then work. Still others might complain that prayer and study of the scripture is not enjoyable. You are warned against giving in to your feelings when it comes to prayer, and he urged believers to continue to pray and study even when they don't feel like it. One will never develop a desire for prayer and for scripture unless one works at praying and studying the scripture. Unless one works at praying and studying the scripture, they will not develop a desire for scripture or for prayer. Mueller would tolerate no excuses for a lack of prayer. He said we must not regulate prayer to a last resort, but rather must make it our first resort. George Miller depended upon prayer, and for him, prayer was a priority. And for Mueller, he endeavored to keep Christ central in his thinking, in his ministry, in his life. He loved Jesus Christ. He recognized that he did not deserve God's grace, and the only reason God answered his prayers was because of the work of Christ, not because of him personally. That is, George Mill personally. God answered his prayer because of Jesus Christ. There's only one thing George Mueller deserves, he would say, and that is hell. I tell you, my brother, that's the only thing I deserve. I am indeed a hell-deserving sinner. By nature, I am a lost man, but I am a sinner saved by grace. Therefore, whenever George Mueller taught on prayer, he always placed great stress upon the absolute necessity of depending on the merits and mediation of the Lord Jesus Christ as the only ground of any claim of blessing. God accepts us, not based on our own good works, but on the work of Jesus Christ in his perfect obedience in his life and then in his perfect obedience in his death on the cross. He said, that's the only claim that I have for blessing. God accepts us because of the work of Jesus Christ. We don't deserve God's grace, 
And therefore, we can never become proud when God answers our prayers. We must constantly remind ourselves of our sinfulness and of our Savior's mercy. Mueller challenged believers to meditate deeply on Christ. Do we seek to ponder that the Lord Jesus Christ is to us as our Redeemer, our great high priest, as the one who is coming again to take us to himself, that where he is, we may be also. Do we comfort ourselves day by day with all of this? Christians, said Mueller, should constantly be exalting Christ in their prayers and crying out to God on the basis of his work. As one reads through Mueller's prayers, it becomes evident that this is exactly what he did. He loved his Savior with all his heart and clearly worked at exalting him in his prayers and with his life. Scripture, Mueller said, makes it clear that God does not listen to the prayer of the wicked. He who turns away his ear, the Scripture says, in Proverbs 28 and verse 9, from listening to the law of God, even his prayer is an abomination to God. Sin hinders our prayers. In 1 Peter 3 and verse 7, this truth is illustrated very clearly. It says, You husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, as with a weaker vessel, she, since she is a woman, and grant her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Mueller embraced this principle. He warned that it is of the utmost importance that we seek to maintain an upright heart and a good conscience, and therefore to not knowingly or habitually indulge in those things which are contrary to the mind of God as revealed in the Bible. All my confidence toward God, Mueller said, all my leaning upon him in the hour of trial will be gone if I have a guilty conscience and do not seek to put away this guilty conscience but still continue to do the things which are contrary to the will of God. Mueller didn't believe that a Christian should ask God in faith while continuing to indulge unrepentantly in sin. A Christian should ask God in faith for forgiveness of sins. And so... Confession should play an important part in the Christian's life, and it did in Mueller's prayers. He often asked God to show him his sin and to guard him from making sinful decisions. Mueller sought to glorify God in all of his life and to mortify, to put to death his fleshly desires and to live solely for Christ. 
When asked the secret of his success, George Mueller replied, there was a day when I died. I utterly died. And as he explained this, that he died to self, denied himself and took up his cross daily to follow Christ. He said that he went lower and lower until, as he was describing it, he almost touched the floor. He said, I died to George Mueller, to his opinions, his preferences, his tastes, and his will. I died to the world, its approval or censure. I died to the approval or blame even of my brethren and my friends. And since I've studied only to show myself approved unto God. So Mueller believed that we should confess and forsake sin and depend upon Christ entirely. Now, one of the most important lessons to be learned from George Mueller's life is how to respond when prayer requests are not quickly answered. For the thousands of Mueller's prayer requests, God answered quickly. But there were also thousands which he delayed in answering. As you read through Mueller's narratives, it's striking how often God made George wait for an answer. How did George respond when God delayed? He responded through prayer. If God is slow in answering prayer, don't give up, Mueller would say. Rather, pray more often. Mueller wrote, quote, one of the other might suppose that all my prayers have been thus promptly answered. No, not all of them. Sometimes I've had to wait for weeks, months or years, sometimes many years. During the first six weeks of the year 1866, I heard of the conversion of six persons for whom I've been praying for a long time. For one, I had been praying for two or three years. For another, between three and four years. For another, seven years. And for the fourth, more than ten years. And for the fifth, I had been praying for more than fifteen years. And for the sixth, before they were converted, I had been praying for twenty years. In one instance, my faith has been even more than this, because in November of 1844, I began to pray for the conversion of five individuals. I prayed every day without one single intermission, whether in sickness or in health, whether on the land or on the sea, and whatever the pressure of engagements may be, no matter how busy they were, he prayed. And even though he prayed for that many years, two remained unconverted. But he said, I hope in God and I pray on. 
and I look yet for the answer.